Oh man, it sounds so good in the headphones. <clears throat> Once you put on you know the headphones, you're in headphone land. That's great. Come join me. I'm gonna turn I wanna turn myself up in Steven's headphones. This one being on the affluent, I thought about coming in costume. Like Monopoly Man showing a little bit of skin here today. Who is? You? A little ankle skin. Oh man. The viewers are gonna be excited about that. All right, I think we can just kind of jump into it right after your uh, ankle reveal. This is a series, a series for financial advisors. We offer easy to implement marketing and practice management advice. This is The Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're talking about financial advisor marketing from the client perspective, like the affluent prospect. How do they view different types of marketing that comes from financial advisors? So a different spin. I mean, typically we're offering advice and saying, here's what we've seen work well for financial advisors. But today we're thinking, hey, you know, if we're in the shoes of someone who is being prospected in a variety of ways, how do we feel about certain marketing strategies that are in use today? Yeah. And we'll, we're going to take a look at it from the perspective of like some of the research we've done over year over the years on affluent investors, but also just kind of ourselves personally. I mean, to be honest, like we could be an absolute prospect for many financial professionals and we're going to kind of give you our perspective. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a blend of like how personally do we respond to things like that, but then also trying to put ourselves in the shoes of the, like the average affluent person. Mm -hmm. So even though my, my temperament might lead me to say no way in that, uh, on that particular strategy, some people may be more open to it. Mm -hmm. People uh, who have different personality types, people from different age brackets. That's true. That's so, true. you know, one thing to think about today is a, a real continuum of cold to warm. You know, so some of the warmest strategies we'll talk about are more referral based or people that, you know, through community involvement and on the colder side of things, uh, there will be some that are, you know, door knocking, cold calling, things that are yeah. the coldest of cold marketing strategies. And we're just going to give you our, our perception and again, trying to think of it from the viewpoint of the average affluent consumer. Now, I mean, when you're thinking about cold versus warm, do you think that there is a, a range there of, you know, the affluent, like less affluent versus more affluent? I think so. I mean, I think yeah. the colder strategies are more effective with lesser affluent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you wouldn't, if you're targeting $50 million accounts, I don't think you door knock. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you're probably, I, mean, I, I totally see that perspective. Now, but, but it's funny because then you'll talk to some advisors and they'll say, well, I actually brought in one of my biggest accounts through a cold call. And I always think about that quote. I don't know, was it a Zig Ziglar quote or something that you told me? I was thinking about the same one. What, what, what is it called? Well, you know, you can find a pretty good biscuit in a dumpster every now and then, but it's not the first place I'd look. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, you can only use that in the South, too. I mean, biscuit biscuit analogies but don't that's work a, elsewhere. That's a Zig Ziglar, right? Yeah. Classic. Exactly so. But uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, so Kevin, as you're prepping for this and you're thinking, I'm going to put myself in the mind of the average affluent person, what uh, what wealth level or is in your mind right now? Mm, million plus. All right. Investable. Got to get in the right mindset. Here. It, yeah. And I'm not even, I'm, not, I'm also <laughs> not thinking just overall net worth either, because I'm, I'm thinking not just, okay, yeah, my house and my cars and all of that stuff. I'm thinking like this person has at least a million dollars to invest. Um, with a financial professional. So let's call it today for the sake of reference. Um, let's call it the one to five million investable. Yep. All right. So we're not playing it down to, you know, you've saved $100,000 to retire on and we're not playing it up to, you know, your Mr. or Mrs. $100 million account. Right. Which is those 
different ball game, different Hold level. On. So one to five million. All right. So, but I, uh, but and I still think, think there's some some similarities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and we're trying to think through some of these approaches of like if you know we can put ourselves in the mind of the affluent and we can say you know some of these approaches build trust. Some of these approaches come across as a little bit more highbrow. Some of these approaches maybe do the opposite and hurt our branding in the community. We want to be mindful of that. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's get into it. Hey, before we do, Kevin, there's this program out there that if you're looking to perform better, will help you immensely. Oh my gosh, please tell me more. Performance coaching at Oxley. Gosh, been around since the late 70s. And boy, do these guys and gals know what they're doing. They're here to give you good ideas. They're here to hold you accountable. They're here to brainstorm with you about specific teaming and prospect scenarios. If you haven't engaged an Oxley coach, what are you waiting on? We are here for you. You know, and you and I have coached for a long time. We do very little coaching now, right? But we coached when we started with Matt Oxley. That was one of the biggest ways that we learned the industry was we we coached, right? Um, my favorite type of coaching is the situational coaching. It's the scenario of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I have this meeting tomorrow with a prospect. Can we game plan that? Um, you know, next week I'm going to be, you know, out to lunch with so-and-so. Like, what should I say to convert that person from social to business? Those are some of the most fun coaching sessions and I think some of the most valuable. I agree, Kevin. So if you haven't already, check out Oxley.com. Sign up for a consultation. Cool. So let's get into these different types of, of marketing strategies. And again, what we think, the, how the affluent would perceive these. We're going to alternate today. I'm going to ask Kevin a question of how he would perceive something uh, as a uh, as Johnny Affluent. Johnny Affluent? Like Johnny Football? That's uh, what I think immediately. Yeah, so I'm going to ask Kevin, how would you perceive this? And Kevin's going to return it to me with different strategies. We've got a list of, eh, let's call it 15 maybe-ish. Yep. Don't, don't quote me on that. Kevin, how would you perceive, let's say your CPA came to you and said, Kevin, I recommend you speak to this financial advisor. I've heard their firm does a, a great job. How would you perceive that as an affluent person? If it's a recommendation from a CPA, I take that with a lot of weight. I mean, I feel like in general, CPAs get in deep with clients. They know a lot about what's going on in their financial lives and situations. So a recommendation from someone like that, to me, that, that, that holds a lot of weight and a lot of credibility. Yeah, it seems like you'd have a lot of built-in trust because they're not upselling you. It's not as if the CPA is selling selling right. you on working with their investment services because mm -hmm. that's very different. Yep. They're saying, I recommend you go to this other provider for this service, and I don't get any, this goes without saying, but I don't get any kickback from that. Right. right? I'm just, I think you would benefit from this, and it would be a very valuable strategy. Yeah, we did research on this years ago about the most trusted financial professionals, and CPA was like, you know, our accountant was always number one, right? So the affluent, we know, really trust that type of professional, a recommendation coming from them. Again, someone who knows your financial situation. I feel like that that's probably one of the best ways. So from a marketing standpoint as an advisor, that's one you got to build. I yeah, mean, embrace you, other professionals. Absolutely. embrace. Now, we're not going to get into how to go about doing that today. We've had previous podcasts on that topic, but um, but that's one. It's a long-term play. It's not one where, hey, I start uh, building these relationships and I bring in a new client tomorrow, but it's one that if you have a few of those professionals in your back pocket, man, gosh, that's, that's invaluable. All right, next one. All right, knock, knock, knock. Get a knock on the door, Steve. Oh, boy. All right, so um, <laughs> a financial advisor knocks on your door 
What's your perception of that strategy? Now, me personally, maybe this is a generational thing, but I hate it when somebody knocks on my door. Rings your doorbell. Let's let's do that one. Ding dong. Now, the, the one uh, caveat to that, but the, the most often knock at our door are my kids' friends mm. who are like, can your kids come out and play? And I'm like, sure. I don't begrudge that. Like, great. Yep. Uh, but if it's an adult knocking on the door who I don't know, I'm immediately like, doesn't the neighborhood prohibit this or what do they want? Like, why are they knocking? Do, do I open it? Do I, how do I look to see who it is without them noticing me? You, you yes. Know? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling up that ring camera and I'm like, all right, who is this? Also, I mean, I don't know in your household what it's like, but my household is everyone gets real quiet and everyone hides. Or that, the that, dogs go, the dogs give you oh, away. You know, no, when somebody yes. rings my doorbell, it's like, rawr, 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 rawr. I mean, <laughs> Oh, I love your dog impression. Yeah, that's what they sound like. <laughs> yes. You know, you know, the other thing, let me tell you the other day, someone rang our doorbell and I was like, oh gosh, you know, who, who's at the door, right? And I was like, hey, Leo, Brady, come on, like come in the kitchen. Like I, don't, I just didn't want them to see it. Brady opens that door. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, hey, hey, little buddy, is your dad or mom home? I'm like, oh gosh, that'll give you away too. Well, and you think about the people most commonly who were going to knock, who would most commonly knock on your door. Um, maybe a financial advisor. I think more and more people are moving away from that if they ever sure. got into it to begin with. But more likely, it is somebody who put on gutters on your neighbor's house or did your neighbor's roof and wants to chat chat with you about it. Yeah. Or but no matter what, you're like mm, not interested. To me, this is just my own personal perception. I'm not interested in engaging you. Yeah. If I was, I would have reached out to you. Uh, I also think from a branding perspective, it hurts your branding a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's different if, I guess if you're just brand new and you have nothing else to do, that's true. Maybe that's a way to fill time. I wouldn't do it. I think it's a way to, to lessen your personal brand. Right. You know, in contrast to, I got recommended by this accountant, uh, I show up at your house. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I think immediately that person's not that busy. I mean, that's what I, that's what I think because that's a, it's a slow marketing strategy. I'm not saying it can't work, um, but it's not where I would, I would start. So, so Kevin, how would you perceive seeing an advisor on a billboard? Driving down the highway see this big billboard, you know, my perception of that, I mean, again, I, I see it as, as an overall just awareness strategy. And I think, I think it depends upon what that billboard looks like. I really do. I think if it looks kind of cheesy, um, let's say that let's say that it doesn't. Let's say for sake of argument, you see this billboard, and it's like it looks like a photo shoot that costs fifty thousand dollars. These people look like consummate professionals. Team photo, simple logo, classy looking billboard. It, it, you know, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I I, th I think it's. I mean, I don't think it makes a huge impression on me. Like, oh my gosh, I want to work with them. Um, it gets me thinking about them for that split second while I'm driving down the highway, but. I um I don't mind it that much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it would make me reach out and call them, but it would shape some perception if you saw that imagery of them and you were like, "Wow, they look like they probably handle wealthy clients." Like subconsciously, that may be your takeaway. Maybe you know. But then you know, I'm thinking about it more and more. I'm also like, they're going for a real mass approach here. I mean, if you're if you are on the side of a highway, you're you are thinking more. Like you're not trying to be that selective. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, they don't put billboards in the wealthiest neighborhoods. Right. You know? Right. Uh, but and I also but would think... I don't know, think it hurts a ton. Well, we're yeah. skewed too because we're in the digital marketing world and I'd be thinking sure. your, your dollars would be much better spent online. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Next one. You get an 
invitation to an event. So this could be more of like a social event. Um, it, you know, it's a, a beer tasting somewhere. Uh, maybe, and, and again, there's probably some caveats here, but maybe a friend wants to bring you along as well. Okay. Uh, hey, so you to- a friend, uh, a friend asked me to come along to an event that their advisor is hosting. Yeah, advisor's hosting it, and maybe it's a short game golf clinic. Maybe it's a wine tasting, beer tasting, but it's a fun event. This is a fun one. Yeah, I think that's a good contrast because I, I would think about it very differently. If it was like a, a fun event that the advisor was hosting that I got invited along to by my friend, I would probably go if I thought it sounded fun. Mm-hmm. And I would think highly of the advisor. I think not like I would that would be the deal maker, but right. my perception would be good that they're going out of their way to spend time with their clients and their clients' friends. I would think that's smart, good marketing. Now, if it was an educational event, if it was like we have a – our economists coming in to speak over lunch. And would you like to come with me? I think I would see that more as a, I don't know, maybe I'm a pessimist, but I'd see it more as a trap. Mm. Like more uh, of a, they're, more they're of trying edu- to lure me in. I'm going to yeah. have to sign in when I get there. They're going to be following up with me aggressively. Yeah. Just leery of being sold. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and again, it's hard not to have our own personal biases in these when we're thinking about putting ourselves in those shoes, but you are someone who is a D driver personality um, and if you look at one of the biggest fears for D's, a lot of times is it's getting taken advantage of, or so, I mean, maybe you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm going to get sold. I don't want that. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone truly wants to be sold. Yeah. yeah. I think that's part of it. And I think also when you're, you know, as, as we're thinking in this band of one to $5 million investable, you're getting away from that, you know, I've, hate the term, but plate liquor scenario where yeah. people come to your events simply because it is a free meal. Right. It's people with more disposable income. If they want to go have a nice lunch or go to a axe throwing event, they can surely organize that on their own. Um, so I think it's more. Uh, yeah, I think perception overall would be good though. Social event. I do. I think the how the advisor handles themselves during that event makes all the difference in the world. So if they are really pushy or if they're like, hey, you know, to me that would turn me off from the event as opposed to if they just tried to build a relationship with me and get to know me a little bit. All right, Kevin, here's another one. How would you perceive uh, hearing an advisor on the radio, like they have their own radio show? Yeah, and, and we've worked with plenty of advisors who've done this. My, my perception of it is, one. I mean, one, I don't really listen to the radio. So I, I would think that that advisor is targeting maybe a little bit of an older demographic. Hmm. Not that I'm saying that I'm like young, but I just, I mean, do you listen to the radio? Mm, occasionally. I mean, I'm known to listen to NPR or other talk radio in the Okay, mornings. okay. But- you know, what's one? I don't think it would, uh, again, it's one of those where it probably doesn't hurt your branding unless you're kind of an idiot on, on the air. Right. Or you come across as someone that you just wouldn't trust. Right. But it, let's say that for sake of argument, it's a good quality personal finance type radio show. I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it helps all that much. And just to take away from advisors that we've worked with who have hosted radio shows, they don't get that much business from it. Even those who have a pretty good listener, uh, and those are the calls that we get. Yeah. Hey, I've got this big following. A lot of people listen to my radio show live or or after the fact. I don't get a lot of business from it. That is the common refrain that we hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's not far off from a podcast. And, and you know, and but I, I think I would go the more podcast route. We're gonna, I know we're going to talk about that in a second, um, just because I feel like you can distribute it way more. But I mean, I immediately think that that person wants to be a little bit of an influencer, a little bit of a star. And I think that's okay. Um, I don't know. I, I think it all comes down to how much I connect with 
that person, you know, when I, while I'm listening to them. So, all right, next one. All right, Stephen, you are, you know, out at the golf course playing around. You've hit the ball into the woods multiple times. You're frustrated. You're mad. You're angry. I'm just trying to give you like a real life scenario. Uh, okay. Here. All right. Like a real world. You. Like this is what you're used to you know, every day. And you, you know, you got paired up with someone and you, and they're chatting with you. Um, maybe, maybe it's someone that you know, maybe it's your neighbor and, uh, and they approach you socially. They say, Hey, Steven, you know what? I know you're really struggling out here today on this golf course. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just really digging into that. No, but they say, you know what? I'd love to put my professional cap on or run a few things by you at some point. Can we get together? So you're getting approached by someone that you know socially, you hang out with occasionally. They're not your best friend. They're not your best friend. Man, there's a lot of buildup for this. I know. Can you but just read the line? No, 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 no. I'm trying to give you some real perspective Okay, you've here. known him for about six and a half months. <laughs> I he's just, a, I, I love an handicap and you're a 15. <laughs> I love um, the intro where you're, uh, you're, you're looking for your ball in the woods. All right. Um, um, what do you do? What do you, how do you feel about I think it all depends on the person, right? If it's someone that I know and respect and enjoy and they ask me in that way, I, I would, I'd probably be inclined to give them that, um, like that meeting, I, I don't. I wouldn't be scared off by having a lunch with somebody to hear about what they do professionally. Yeah. If I know and like them, and, and that's a high bar. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that is just true. Candidly, I mean that that's a high bar for me. That uh, there are plenty of others that I know that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to waste your time or mine by having a lunch with you and talking about what you do professionally because I just don't envision myself ever working with you. So it depends upon the depth of relationship and your perception of them, just as a person, as a. Of like what I professional? think, you know, yeah, of how good I think they probably are at what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot shapes that. It's not just that I've been to their website and read through all the descriptions of their process. It's a whole lot more of like our interactions to date and whether or not that makes me think that you'd be professional and good. Yeah. You know? And I think also depth of relationship does matter. If I just met you, let's say that, you know, sticking with the golf uh, example, let's say we're playing golf and we just met and you're the guy that's got your business card out and handing it to me. After a few holes, right? Nah, I'm like, nah, never gonna happen. No, right? Just never gonna happen. I mean, in general, that's someone who you don't even want to play golf with again, probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So timing matters. I mean, the encouragement for me out of this one, if I'm a financial advisor, is to ask more often. I, I think we have that perception that people are overly pitched, like people with money are overly asked by financial advisors to have meetings like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, we work with tons of, uh, you know, that probably over the years, thousands of financial advisors and the vast majority, like in the 90% don't approach a lot of people about working together professionally. Right. We, we hope they do. We encourage them to do it more, but it's not like Johnny affluent out there is getting approached left and right. True. Be bold. Ask. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've seen plenty of, of groups, networking groups where advisors are a part of them, and there's multiple advisors there, and um, you just kind of assume that, oh, yeah, all these advisors have approached everyone, and they really haven't. So Yeah, I agree. Anyway. All right, Kevin, so all right. how would you perceive seeing an ad for a financial advisor on Facebook or LinkedIn? So many caveats here, right? It depends upon the ad, what it looks like, um, the copy that's, that's with the ad. Well, but let's say that let's you're say not... in the digital marketing space and that you don't have that level of, you know, uh, I'm going to over, I'm going to analyze what this ad looks like. I think immediately I think, Oh, that's, that's, that's a good idea. I think, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I probably don't see that as, as often um, as I see a ton of other ads. 
Um, if I click on the ad and I go to their website and the website creates a good first impression, I think that's a, it's a good thing. Um, just overall building awareness for me of who they are. I'm, I'm fine with it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I would, I would, I would be in that same camp that it probably depends on what the ad, ad does look like. I mean, just snap, you know, decision of like, does this portray them as high quality? Yeah. Uh, or does it seem a little bit hokey? We see both. Yes, we do. But yeah, I would think they're a more forward-looking, a more, uh, I don't know, more proactive yeah, end of their business. Yeah, proactive, a little bit more cutting edge. Yeah. Um, what about if it was a lead magnet? Again, I think it depends on the quality of it. When you think, when I think lead magnet, I think lower brow. Mm. But that's not a hundred. That's not true at all. I mean, I some know. of them could be very highbrow, like research based document. Yeah. Um, very well polished. Um, but when I immediately think about lead magnet, I think don't fumble in retirement. Kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit uh, under one million investable. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I think it, again it goes back to the quality, but I. Yeah, I think that's uh, obviously we're a little biased, but we uh, we like that approach. All right, <clears throat> next one. So, um, and this one, maybe we can talk about some, there's, there's again, some caveats here, but let's say you are running a search for a financial advisor. The top, you know, above above the organic, uh, organic listings, you see an ad for the advisor. What is your perception of that? I think I, I tend to look, and I was doing this the other day, right? I needed uh, something done at my house, and I Googled those service providers in our area. I tend to look both at the paid placement and the organic results mm-hmm. and the mapped results. But I tend to look at all of them. I don't always fully trust the paid ones uh, because in that particular area, there are times when you find a paid placement from someone who's not local at all. Mm. It's like fill out this form and somebody locally, it's just kind of like a lead matching service. Sure. So there are times when I don't fully trust it and times when I do, it probably depends on the nature of the ad and whether it seems like a local search result. And same if I were looking for financial advisors, I would take into account what's up there. It's right in your face. Uh, and it is a sign of a forward thinking financial advisor who's gotten to the point of marketing to where they're actually placing Google ads, yep. which I think is a positive in, in my mind, somebody who's into their business. Uh, but then I would I would definitely still look into the organic placement and see what's down there. Um, yeah, I think I would do I would look at both too. I, and I find myself more and more looking at both. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll kind of like scan the ads and see, like so for example, we needed a roofer the other day. So you type you know roofer Greensboro North Carolina. There's definitely some ads that pop up that are roofers, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean if 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 it's relevant to the search that I'm running. I, I'll take a look at those. You know what I think more and more is that they need to show some local flair. Mm. You know, like when, when, not to get into the weeds of how you build a Google ad, but when you have different uh, headlines and descriptions and site links, I think all of those need to portray like local approach. Because yeah. we've all clicked on something and you're like, what in the world is this? Some national service that routes leads to financial advisors? That's not what I'm looking for. Right. I'm looking for a local advisor. That's why I put in my city name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kevin. How do you perceive getting a cold call from an advisor? I don't answer. Right. I don't answer. I was going to say, there's no chance you would answer it. <laughs> I don't answer it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of my calls in general are pretty screened now. Well, yeah, I mean, I can text you and you respond, and then I call you and you don't pick up. Are you? This is a personal thing. Is <laughs> this like a? But, so but, let's say that you did pick up. 
I mean, I'm, I'm immediately trying to get off the phone. I mean, that's just me. I mean, that's me personally. Again, it's so hard to not take a personal viewpoint on these, but I'm immediately thinking, can I get off this phone as, as quickly as I can? And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm the type who'll just hang up. Like I'll just be like, Oh, gone. You know, you, Matt Oxley, on the other hand, and by the way, this is years ago. You remember how he used to handle cold calls? He would just, he would love it. He thrived on it. No, and not in the sense of like, he loved it. Like, um, he genuinely was receptive to no, it. No, he liked gaming them. He would be like, I, I remember vividly. And, and this is an aside. I remember it was just me, you and him in the office. This is like 15, 16 years ago. He gets a random call. He picks it up. He's like, Hey, who is this? Oh, he's like, What's your name again? He's like, oh, okay. How you know? Then Matt said, all right, that's your best pitch. Why don't you try it again? Let's let's do it again. And he would frustrate the heck out of yeah. Cold and he callers. wasn't always like mean about it, no. but it was just he just got a he got a rise out of it. I he think. In, like he thrived. Yeah, he thrived on it. He enjoyed it. But I mean, for me and my personality, I'm like, I, w- I want to be off that phone. I don't know who you are, and I just to me, it's it's not my thing. All right. What about you? No, I agree. I mean, yeah. I. No, no tolerance for that. I'm probably less likely to engage them even slightly. No. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure that there's approaches that that work. I mean, we, we still hear success stories every now and then, but maybe... Well, you're playing a numbers game. I mean, you're yeah. calling enough people to where you get someone who's a little bit bored or a little bit... That's know, it. Oh, there who, you has, go. Hey, who has the time? You yeah, tell me more about that. Right. But not for me if I were marketing to no a million thanks. Plus. All right, next one. This is a random one. Are you ready? <clears throat> All right. You're going out to lunch. I'm kidding. I, I, love, I love building up these scenarios for you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going out to lunch. You, uh, you're checking out. You know, you went and got a, you know, um, I don't know, some sort of lamb kebab downtown, right? <laughs> right. You, you got something, right? And um, there is a really good place, Jerusalem Market. So good. Um, and uh, you, you come back and you're, you're checking out. You want out. some homemade hot sauce on that? Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. Um, there, there's a fishbowl. There's a fishbowl next to the register and it has all these business cards in there. Um and, or no, no, sorry. No, it says like, Hey, put in your, put in your card to win some sort of like thing. Right. Would do you, what, what's your perception of advisor who's marketing themselves that way? Just getting started. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just getting started. Yeah. I don't <laughs> frown on it. I mean, I certainly wouldn't put, I don't have a business card, uh, on me. I, I certainly wouldn't jump you would, into you that. Wouldn't try to win. No, I don't care what the prize is. <laughs> Kevin, uh, how would you perceive? Here's a good one though. How would you perceive a friend recommending an advisor to you? So let's say I'm your friend, you're the wealthy person, and I say, hey, I don't know who you're using, but you should talk to my financial advisor. They are so good. I'm all about it, man. I mean, we know that. that that's one that I think intuitively, and, and if you've been through Oxley Coaching, you know introductions, referrals are, are big, and we are all about trying to increase those. We know it works. We know the affluent are receptive to it. We know intuitively almost all of us are receptive to that. Um, as long as it's... The referral is from a person that you really trust and respect. I yeah, think, I think the, that matters a lot. Yeah, think about it from like a different service provider. Let's say it's a babysitter, and I tell you, hey, you got to use this babysitter. You yeah. know, she does an awesome job. The kids love her. She brings them sports cards. Like, yeah, you, you got to use oh, her. Oh, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah you're like, yeah, of course. As opposed to the Google search now. Uh, or <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> Didn't you find your babysitter on Craigslist? Is that right? <laughs> um, but, but I will say, um, you know, like giving the, the roofer example. I said, I'm going to look some up. We needed a roofer. We, we, I mean, basically we have these skylights that are leaking, right? 
And what did, remember I messaged you. I think I messaged you and said, who do you know? I, I, at the same time I did a Google search, I also, you know, at the same, my wife and I were both messaging people that we knew and saying, Hey, do you guys have a roofer that you recommend? And I said, who puts a skylight on a mobile home? I don't get it. <laughs> no offense to anyone who has a mobile home. Um, but yeah, you know what? I think the source does matter. Yeah. Like, let's say, for example, we we'll go back to the babysitting analogy, and I'm known as somebody who keeps a very loose eye on my kids. Mm. Like, I'm the one that has my kids are all over the place. I don't watch them at all. And I'm like, you got to use this babysitter. We like them. You're like, yeah, okay, maybe That's they're good true. enough for you. That's true. Or let's say that I'm known for being really bad with money. Mm. Like, I'm always broke. I've been through bankruptcy, you know, whatever it is, yeah. right? And I'm like, you ought to use my financial advisor. And you're like, hey, no. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, so from an advisor perspective, when you're thinking about referrals and introductions to existing clients, you're also considering your clients that you would refer as connectors or people that would be respected in the community because their um, recommendation is going to have a heavier weight than your kind of crazy zany client maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. You're like, oh, you manage Kevin's money. Dang, like you must be pretty good, right? E like exactly. Yep. Okay. Next one here. <clears throat> Um, this is a referral follow-up. So it's a similar to like a friend recommendation, right? But it's the, the key is a mutual contact said, hey, I should give you a, a call, right? Is that, that's what we're thinking about mm -hmm. with this one? Yeah. So and it, I added that to the list because it's happened to me before. I was driving down the street. I get a call. It's an advisor. They say, hey, your friend gave me your number and said I should call. So it's kind of like a cold call, kind but of. it's like a little bit of an elevated cold call. Like you call. have to – well, it, with the exception of if I pick up a purely cold call, I'm, I'm like, hello, and they're like, hey, I'm so-and-so over it, whatever. And I'm like, click. I don't I – right. I, I just hang up. Yeah. But if it's someone who references your friend's name, you have to at least – be somewhat cordial, even though you're pretty much immediately like, yeah. no, sorry, yeah. I'm happy. I'm definitely more receptive to that than I am the straight up cold call. Yeah. yeah, but even me, I'm driving and my first reaction, my perception was, why did she give him my number? Right. Like, I, I mean, I definitely would call them after. On. Yeah. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Why? She was like, oh, they put me on the spot. He was like wanting to know people. And I thought you wouldn't, you of, you of all people would be able to handle that call and not be totally out of sorts about it. I'm like, yeah. it's fine, but. Like, why? Yeah, it's not my favorite approach, but it's, again, better than the just straight cold. It's it's trying to trying to get in, trying to leverage someone else. Yeah. Kevin, what is your perception of getting something in the mail from an advisor? Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't look, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I think that there's something a little bit like nostalgic about the mail now. I don't Do just, you check your mail? I do. Okay. I mean, I go through it real quick and I definitely, I mean, most likely I'm going to toss it. Most likely, unless I had a need right then and there, or again, all of this, I mean, marketing is so complex. What are, what are the chances though, that you're checking your mail and you're going through it and you're like, oh, a financial advisor. I needed one of those. And you call. Very, very, it's probably not going to happen. But again, if, if I had heard about them in the community or had good things, like it might be, and that's why I think marketing is so complex, right? It's, it's this like all of these multiple touch points. And so well, we have to think about how people make decisions too. And I'm going to go to a very small tangent, but I took my son yesterday to get a haircut and I'm at the barber shop, and I'm looking at their merch, right? They've got some merch on the wall. And I immediately thought of, you know, what we do. We help people with marketing. Now, their merch, fine. Logo was okay or whatever. Yeah. Could be better. But underneath it had full contact information on the back of this shirt. And I mean, email, yeah. phone number, mailing address, wow. social uh, links. I'm like, 
who put all that on the shirt? Yeah. Like that's not how people make decisions. You're not in the line at Walmart and you see uh, the shirt and you're like, well, I should jot that down. No, right? no, no, no. It's like, hey, let me get a photo of your shirt. Yeah, all you quick. need is the logo. Yeah. Maybe the the URL, maybe. Uh, and, and and honestly, the cooler you can make those shirts look, the more likely people are going to buy them and then sport them around. And yeah. We don't have that on the list. What if you see a shirt with a funny, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, we, um, and we were trying to go, you know, but um, with the mail thing, I, I don't think it's, it's the worst. I think it's pro- not the best spend. Um, and again, that's not what we're trying to get into today. But um, in terms of marketing spend, but if it's really well done and it looks nice, like it's not going to, it's going to go in the trash, but it's, it's, it's all about creating that impression is what people are trying to do. And I don't think it's the worst. All right. Next one. And, and this one's very related to the, the radio example earlier, but what do you think about an advisor who's hosting a podcast? Maybe you see some posts on social. Um, I'll may- tell you what, if it's a podcast that's been produced by an industry leader like Oxley, <laughs> I'd be all in. Right, right, sure. I'd say they leverage, they're smart enough to do a podcast and leverage Oxley to edit it, provide scripts to help distribute that podcast. That's a smart advisor. And that's a great plug. Um, but, but no, I, I do think, I think it's similar to radio in the sense that you can learn a lot about somebody that mm-hmm, way. You, you can, can build a connection with someone from afar. But I think podcasting is far more modern than having a radio show. Agreed. You know, Agreed. I, like I was at a, an event in Dallas this week and- uh, afterwards having a drink with some of the participants. And the guy was like, been watching your podcast, been listening to your pod. And he tells his buddy, Hey, you've been, you got to check out his pod. And I was like, yeah, cool. our, our pod. I've never called it that, but I like it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like a, it's a more modern approach. Yeah. It's not like he was like, you should check out Steven on 94.5. Uh, <laughs> it's a much more modern approach in podcasting. <laughs> and believe it or not, people, the, the number of people listening to podcasts is going up, not down. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we started getting into it or when we started recommending that financial advisors do it, one of the common refrains was like, are people still doing that? It's like, yeah, look at the numbers. It's going up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with all of, all of that. I do think it's the quality. Again, again, so many caveats, but I think, is it a good podcast? Is the guy actually, or, or gal give really good information or, you know, are, are they, are they helpful? Is it, and it's hard for us not to look at this stuff. Is it branded properly? Does it look like high end or does it look like they put it together themselves and are piecing this together? Because the barrier to entry to create a podcast is not a lot. Well, you want people to say like, have you heard Steven's podcast, but with the right tonality? It's like, have you heard Steven's podcast? Instead of That's like- good. Yeah. Have you heard Steven's podcast? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, like they're holding back laughter. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah no, I, true. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah, but but I think that's, I mean, and you're right. It is it's great. If if I consumed some of that content, I would feel really like I, like I knew that person. And we hear that kind of stuff all the time. Final one for today, Kevin. How do you perceive seeing an advisor in like an affluent magazine? Yeah, and we, and we get some of these in our, our neighborhood sometimes, right? Um, you know, I again, it's it's an impression thing. I, I think it depends upon what it looks like. I think what we've noticed with with some of the ones that we've been getting, and we don't live far from each other, is just like high end photography. Mm-hmm. And if it looked like that, and it's just again, it's it's about it, those brand impressions and building that um, awareness. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's going to hurt brand. I don't think I'd look at that and say, well, they waste a lot of money on marketing. Right. I mean, I, I, I think it is, you know, and, and this might put a, a wrapper around a lot of what we've talked about today from a branding perspective is that some of these are clearly, in my opinion, a bad idea. 
I don't want for my own personal brand, if I'm targeting wealthy people, to cold call, door knock, put out flyers, uh, fish bowls. Ooh, the, fi- the fish bowl is my favorite. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to do any of that stuff because it hurts my brand. But there's a whole other category of branding here that can happen via your website, your advertising, your sending mailers, billboards, radio. Rec- recommendations from other professionals, Yeah, but, uh, from but just from a branding standpoint, I'm thinking we all have limited dollars. Like if we had an unlimited ad budget, I would say, yeah, get yourself in that magazine. Send out flyers. True. Be I, on billboards. True. I'd want to be almost anywhere I could be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unlimited. You say I, you've got uh, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, you've got a million dollars to spend, and you're like, I don't even know how to spend that much money right. on local marketing. Spend it. You would go in all of these areas. But most of us have choices in what to do with that money. Our choice would almost always be in rank order. Uh, and and this, this goes hand in hand with the saying that we've had before, that, that is, you can't overcompensate for being bad at what you do by spending ad dollars. Mm. Like if I'm, if I'm the advisor and you're my client and I'm kind of like mediocre at my job, I hardly ever call you. I've lost you a bunch of money. Like I can't overcompensate for, uh, for that by spending a lot of ad dollars and getting the word out because you're also telling other people how bad I am. So right. I, I start by thinking traditionally, I've got to treat my clients well. I've got to stimulate referrals. And the icing on the cake is I want to extend my reach through digital advertising. Yeah, digital. And, and, and you know, that's, that's a really good point because when I was talking about like I get this flyer in the mail, I mean, my initial thought is like, do I, have I heard of this advisor before? And what was that perception, right? I mean, because that's going to shape a lot of, you know, not necessarily what I do with the flyer because I'm probably just going to toss it anyway, but it's another, it's another brand impression. Hopefully we didn't offend any advisors today. I mean, we may have. I don't, I don't care about that as much. It's more, (laughs) you know, and I'll say this, people do get hung up sometimes on what led to their success at a certain point in time. Yeah. And not being willing to move on from that mentally, that maybe it's not such a good idea anymore. Because I've, I've talked to advisors before where they want to know our methodology and we talk about different things and they're like, I'm telling you, we cold call here. That's what we do, right? And I'm like, oh, like, and, and they really, really believe in it. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's like from an offending someone's standpoint, it's not as if we're saying you're a bad person because you've tried these things or you're still doing them. It's just that's not what we would recommend. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's just a matter of disagreement sometimes, and that's okay. Yeah. I had yeah. a guy last week who told me, well, I don't know if this training program is going to be a good fit for us because I'm a big believer in cold calling, and I want you to teach that. And I said, well, we don't teach that. Right. I mean, teach it yourself. I mean, I, I'm being polite about it, but, like, that's not something we teach. Yeah, and we try to give you our honest perception of these things. And, yes, I mean, if someone tries to cold call me, I'm not necessarily thinking highly about them. I'm really, I'm not. Um, so, anyway, but... I like I like your perception, Stephen. Of you have you have a finite amount of marketing dollars. Let's put our marketing dollars behind things that we know generate some results, but also that brand perception is a positive one. Yeah, and just like gut reaction today, things that we were big on, right? We'd say, yeah, I'd come to your client event. Yeah, yeah. If my friend told me to, uh, that I should have a call with you, I probably would. Yeah. If my accountant told me the same thing, I probably would. I thought favorably for you being ranked high in Google. Yeah. Like that, go based on your own intuition of like what you would respond to as an affluent person. And it's hard to go wrong with that. Hey, if you haven't already, get yourself a coaching consultation. Talk to us about digital advertising. Oxley has grown over the years to be more than speakers and, and coaches, even though that's still a big part of what we do. We've got a full suite of digital marketing solutions from podcasting to Google ads, to video, to websites, to newsletters. Mm-hmm. Video production, branding. To full-on branding, yep. 
So a lot to take advantage of. Check out Oxley.com. Thanks for joining us. That was 111.